to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. You never know what I may say or who will be on, but you know it'll be real because that's me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Kyle from Stall Agronomy. Let's talk about something that's kind of a hot button issue in some circles, maybe? <laughs> maybe at least with me. Uh, let's talk about tissue sampling, um, then we'll talk a little bit about some of these groups, um, kind of how they're paying attention to tissue samples and evaluating, question mark, <laughs> tissue sampling. So what is crop tissue sampling? Most of you guys know what this is. I mean, we're, we're basically going out, pulling plant tissue, sending it into a lab for analysis. And there is a whole bunch of different ranges that people like to see. There's there's different um, nutrient values that they would prefer. And is there really a set standard? Um, not necessarily. And that's part of the problem, I guess. There There's some university recommendations. Um, there's the tri-state out there as well. There's there's all these different recs as far as where these tissue samples should be, you know, basically should be falling into. And the, the, the thing is, at different stages of growth, uh, corn plants, soybeans, whatever it is, they have different nutrient concentrations in the leaves because they're pulling it for different purposes. So there's flowering, uh, so tasseling in corn, flowering in soybeans, there's um, grain fill in both corn and soybeans, uh, wheat also, you, you name it. There's, there's, and each one of those process or growth periods in the plant have different nutrient concentrations in the leaves. Now, you know, there's, there's a lot of different labs that do tissue sample analysis and a lot of different labs pull whoever as far as what source they're going to go with to what those nutrient concentrations should be. The, the struggle is determining which lab you want to work with and two, what are they using for those base, um, base nutrient recommendations. And these, these nutrient values, um, I've seen labs do it differently for different companies. And what that tells you is, you know, uh, I'm not going to name companies just try not to. There's one company that uses a local lab that when uh, that tissue analysis is ran, their nutrient values are 20 to 30% higher on some nutrients. Maybe it's 10% in some, but the sufficiency brains or sufficient levels for certain nutrients are higher. And that company also offers, um, they'll pay for your tissue sampling. If you're pulling the samples, they'll, they'll pay for the sampling. Um, and they do a bunch of other different things. They also sell foliar fertilizer. So, hmm, I wonder why their, their nutrient levels are a little higher. Um, there's other companies that have different projects where they're comparing, you know, high-level management versus lower-yielding environments. And, and these higher levels are, are, are what you should be at. And the thing that changes stuff is, you know, where are you growing this crop, you know, and what hybrid are you growing? Because certain hybrids probably are a little bit different than other hybrids. And we're just applying, we're applying a 
very broad view of what is going on in your field with a tissue sample. And if we're not comparing hybrid to hybrid and soil types and all these different things, tissue sampling is, I don't know, the easiest way to describe it is it's a snapshot, right? It, it's, it's a picture of a moment in time in that corn plant. And, you know, today it could rain two inches and in a week it'll be a totally different snapshot. If it doesn't rain, it'll be even worse. You know, I mean that we need water to bring a lot of these nutrients into the plant from the soil. And a lot of the thing is, well, if, if it's deficient, we'll put it on in the tissue and then that'll be, you know, corrective. Yeah, at, at some extent, um, you know, there, there's certain, I'm not going to get too far into physiology and stuff, but there are going to be times where those corn plants and soybean plants aren't going to take foliar nutrition as well or easily as when they would in a different environment or with different weather conditions. And there's a lot of management that can go into this. And the thing we're trying to do and, and what, what growers are trying to do and spend a lot of time on is trying to figure this stuff out, but they're going based on recommendations and you know there there's a lot of times this year where we have very high soil test levels of nutrients and you know plants are shutting down it's drought it's you know we're we're probably should be setting some realistic expectations on yield and we're going out and applying foliar fertilizer to correct quote-unquote deficiencies well you know the fact is it just hasn't rained and if it would rain, we would have plenty of access to nutrients, but we just don't see rain. And that's that's the struggle. It is always a struggle. That's all I ever talk about is struggles. But anyway, there, there's, there's a lot of data. There's a lot of questionable data. And there's a lot of university research and independent third-party research that conflict with each other. You know, it's like the old Dwight Schrute thing when Jim comes in and says, what type of bear is best? And he says, black bears or false black bears. And Dwight's like, well, basically there's two schools of thought. <laughs> you know, there's, there's multiple schools of thought here. Now, the other thing we run into is, you know, you've, you've got all these different companies that are giving different recommendations of what you should be putting on and what's sufficient and what's deficient. And, you know, what, are we gaining from this? Is there somewhat of a placebo effect to applying foliar fertilizer? And I think there is a little bit. To some extent, there are groups, there are people that are out in fields. We're, we're trying, you know, these growers are trying to figure out what's going on in their fields. And honestly, I think the best thing that has come out of a lot of this stuff, you know, you pay five grand to be a member of a group, you pay $2,000 to be a member of a group, you're doing all this foliar fertilizer stuff, you're walking your fields, you're you're looking at things, you're paying attention to how crops respond to different things, how crops respond to weather events, how crops respond to, you know, chemicals, whatever it is. I think the biggest benefit to growers is that they're getting out in the field and actually looking at things. And I think that is 90% of what we're seeing if we see any kind of yield increase from applying stuff. Or if we're seeing farmers change, you know, the timing of when they put nitrogen on or when they're, you know, their tillage practices or anything else by making field observations. 
I think that's the biggest benefit to growers is is less the you know we're we're so worried about our tissue sample results and we're so level we're worried about our levels of calcium in the soil or whatever it is where we're trying to increase calcium in the plant because calcium is going to lead to higher yields or we're trying to figure out molybdenum and it's going to be the the key to unlock our our quote unquote hidden hunger. I fucking hate that that phrase bothers me so much because it's just like. The hidden hunger is probably putting something on for nematodes, but, you know, we're just not paying attention to that because it's only like the most highest yield robbing uh, plant parasite or, uh, well, nematodes really aren't insects. So we'll, we'll call them plant parasites. They're they're a disease, quote unquote, because they're too small. But the nematodes take a lot of yield. Uh, we pay very little attention to it. Uh, if you're an alfalfa grower, phantomyces takes a lot of yield. People pay little attention to it. Most growers don't even know what a phantomyces is. What's AP3? I don't know. AP3 is what I've been planning. And there's all these little things that I think we could correct uh, that would lead to a lot of yield benefits that growers somewhat see. You know, there's, there's tillage practices. There's different things we're doing that as growers are getting more into the field and, and spending more time out looking at things and paying attention to stuff and making observations based on weather and and hybrids and different things like that, we're, we're seeing some benefits to that. And I think it's it's a somewhat, like I said before, it's, it's somewhat of a placebo effect. You know, we're, we're in quote-unquote's program and, you know, we're out tissue sampling and we're, we're applying all these liquid fertilizer because liquid fertilizer is a monumental thing. It's so much better than dry fertilizer, which in some situations, yes, most situations, if they're the same source of nitrogen or whatever it is, not necessarily. Um, but I digress on that. But if we're doing all these things and we're in somebody's program, we're paying attention to our fields, I think paying attention to your fields is the key, you know, that's the thing that is unlocking yield or, or helping you adapt your practices or what you're doing. You're understanding that timing is everything when it comes to fertilizer. Um, environment has a lot of effect on that. We're seeing, you know, no-till differences versus tillage differences. We're seeing cover crop differences versus no cover crop and, and termination timing versus no termination timing. And there's all these things that we're seeing this year show up in fields. At, at 55 miles an hour, yeah, you can make broad broad observations, but when you're out in a field, you actually see what's going on. And I think that is the key that many people are overlooking when it comes to, you know, people that are in different groups or programs or whatever it is. I think a lot of guys are not understanding that these benefits they're seeing from applying products or doing all these different things, maybe it's more understanding timing on different applications and understanding how different tillage works in different soil types and and understanding how certain hybrids respond to different things and you know all these little observations we make out in the field which is what we do if you're an agronomist you basically you should be out in the field an agronomist who just sits in an office is basically the most useless human being on the face of the planet if you're just writing recommendations that's a problem, but there are people that do that because they're soil sampling and, you know, there's people that are basically just worked on that, 
But to me, if you're just sitting in an office all day making recommendations and, and writing recs and, and you're not out in the field understanding how those recs respond, then, yeah, you are kind of useless. At some point, you're just looking at numbers and comparing numbers, which, cool, whatever, but understanding how different things respond in the field is, is totally different than sitting in an office and, and looking at a computer screen and having all this stuff come in and you just base off of numbers. Mother Nature is a very humble, <laughs> humbling son of a bitch because oftentimes when you think you're, you've got everything figured out, she'll throw you a curveball. And, and understanding that, you know, while 120 parts per million of potash is sufficient, that's all you need to have in your soil. Certain soil types, certain hybrids, certain, you know, situations, more might be better. And, you know, basing that off of just 100% university research can be a problem too. Now we're joining on about what's wrong in the agriculture industry and agronomy industry, but I'd, I'll totally go back to topic. Is tissue sampling the thing that's going to unlock yield for you? Is it the thing that is just like, you know, if I start tissue sampling, my yields are going to be so much better. One, if you've got someone like me pulling the tissue samples, I think you're missing out by not being out in the field doing it yourself and understanding, you know, getting in the field and actually looking at things. Sure as heck, I'll interpret results, I'll help you make decisions, but I think the growers should be the ones in the field doing that. And I, the reasoning behind that is more you're in the field looking at things, understanding differences between different treatments, different hybrids, different trials. Understanding what's going on in your field is a huge thing. I think that's what unlocks stuff for you. Now, typically for us, we don't make a change on a farm because... We don't see the difference. If it, we can't see it from the window of a pickup or the, the window of our UTV driving by on the field lane, we don't make much of a change. But sometimes when you're out in that field understanding what's going on and how things respond to what you're doing, then you'll understand a little bit more of the picture. And I think that's the key to what we need to be doing and what growers should be understanding and paying attention to is yeah, tissue sampling might provide us a snapshot of what's going on in our field over a period of time. If you go out and pull them every week, you're going to see some changes. If you follow and and just all you do is basically have tissue samples pulled and follow what they tell you, is it going to be the, the thing that unlocks yield for you? I don't think so. I, I, there might be certain situations, certain soil types, you know, certain weather um, that maybe that helps quite a bit, but I think the biggest thing that unlocks yield is, is understanding what's going on in your fields, getting out, looking at your fields, understanding how different things affect your fields. And I, I like I said, I think the tissue sampling thing, the, the groups where you're, you're going out and, you know, they're, they're helping you, you know, try out new products or whatever it is. Most of them are trying to sell you stuff anyway because that's why they had Monty's plant food signs getting put up all over the place and you had to buy Monty's because they got paid to essentially sell you Monty's and then you paid them to tell you to use the product they got paid to um, promote. So I, I think the biggest thing of all these groups, all these things is that it gets you in the field. And I think the group, the, the tissue sample, the whatever it is that gets you out looking at fields and understanding how things respond. I think the the group, 
the tissue samples, whatever it is, that's the placebo. The, the thing that's actually doing something for you is being in that field. Yes, I might be a little old fashioned, uh, but I try to mix old techniques with new techniques. And honestly, when you look at all the stuff that's coming out that's new, um, yield and, you know, something to shoot for makes growers get all excited. And that's why companies like to put all that stuff out. To me, the easiest thing I can tell you is get out in your field and look at stuff. And, you know, I, I know it's, it's a pain in the butt. It's dirty work. Um, I'm going to get covered in pollen today um, and covered in rootworm beetles and all kinds of other fun stuff. But at the same time, I think the biggest benefit to a grower is being on that field and understanding what's going on. And you can pay me five grand to have, have me tell you that. That'd be great. Um, but we spend a lot of time working on recommendations and understanding what's going on in fields and, and making independent observations not based on products and not based on all these other things. And that's that's the key, I think, to unlocking yield is understanding all that. And is yield king? Yield's kind of king, uh, but we also pay attention to break-evens and, and understanding profit scenarios and ROI. And, you know, there's there's a lot more to this job and to this um to this industry than just straight up yield. Yield yield helps, um, but paying the bills also helps quite a bit too. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy this one. Uh, it's it, I'm putting myself out there a little bit because there's going to be some people that don't like it because of the groups. There's going to be some people that are like, oh, tissue sampling is the best. There's going to be guys that are like, oh, geez, liquid fertilizer is the best. It's the only thing you can use. I buy from X company, and they tell me that liquid is the best. Well, because they sell liquid and they make their own. So you can do whatever you want with that. So different topics, different things. You know, we put ourselves out there for all this stuff. Have fun with it. I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Honest Podcast. Be sure to check out our website, stallagronomy.com and our other social media for more information and other episodes.